Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Southwest Louisiana Economic Intel Podcast. I am Dan Groff, Director of the Drew Center for Business and Economic Analysis at McNeese State University, Associate Professor of Economics at McNeese, and Economist with the Southwest Louisiana Economic Development Alliance. Today we are joined by Mike Smith and Elena Mashka. They are reporters with the Advocate newspaper who were assigned to move to the area and cover the recovery of Southwest Louisiana over the past few years. Now that particular position has come to an end and Mike is now covering environmental issues in New Orleans and Elena will begin covering health topics in Lafayette. So thank you so much for agreeing to be on. Really appreciate it. And I loved reading your articles. And I want to speak to you because you both have very different backgrounds in terms of where you're from and what you've covered. But you both came into the region with the same objective. So there will be some cool uh, viewpoints that we'll get from there. Um, So can you just sort of uh, tell us how did you come into the position of being the Lake Charles recovery reporter for the advocate? And I'll start with Mike because he was here first. Okay, yeah, and thanks for having us, Dan. Um, so, yeah, I had worked as a, mostly as a foreign correspondent for a long time, but I'm from Louisiana. I'm from the New Orleans area. Um, and so um, when the job came available to um, to cover the kind of post-storm recovery in, in southwest Louisiana, I thought it'd be an interesting job. Um, we, the, the the point the the aim of the position was not to kind of cover the sort of back and forth every day but to kind of take a look at the bigger picture issues um, which I thought was interesting and there was the added um, aspect of it which was that uh, it wasn't getting it was basically getting no attention after these after these after the, all the, the destruction that the region had had seen. Um, it was basically being ignored. Um, so there was also, um, you know, a kind of added importance to to the role. Um, so uh, so, yeah, so I, I, I thought I could kind of approach it as both an outsider and an insider outsider because, you know, I don't know that region of the state, but I'm from Louisiana. And also I have been gone for a very long time so I could see it. Um, I could see it from from various perspectives, I thought, and that would be um, an interesting and important role I thought I could I could fill. And Elena, what about you coming from Germany and different background? Yeah, so um, as Mike mentioned, he has a lot of experience as a foreign correspondent, and I think that type of work was always really interesting to me, and in a way, you know, being from a different country and reporting in the U.S., even though it was always for um, for U.S. publications, um, I always sort of felt that way <laughs> a little bit um, as someone who would come into a new community and sort of learn the community and report on it. And I sort of approached this role in Lake Charles in a similar way. Um, But there was also some familiarity for me because I grew up in sort of a coastal rural community in Germany. And um, so I I think I saw a lot of parallels, uh, especially with, you know, not if not the city of Lake Charles, but the overall region. And so. Uh, I think this challenge of living and having experienced these disasters, but living in a region that is not very well covered um, and doesn't get the same attention that other parts of the state uh, do, I think that just really spoke to me and I could relate to that, uh, you know, coming from where I'm from. 
so yeah I think that's what drew me to this role and and it was it was a really exciting opportunity to do something very different from what I had done in the past and what I think is great is we love the American press here we love KPLC but the advocate is a bigger newspaper with much more statewide exposure you know you have the Acadiana you have the New Orleans and the Baton Rouge and these stories were actually in basically a statewide newspaper which I thought was great and really brought a lot of info and a lot more visibility as you all were saying so when you came here what did you expect to cover regarding recovery and were there any surprises or what did you experience while you were out here covering the area Um, I kind of didn't know what to expect, to be honest. Um, it was almost a blank slate for me. And so what, what surprised me was, one, the uh, the kind of the extent of the damage that was still there. I mean, I didn't show up until, let's see, I, th- I want to say that was, was it April of 2021? So, um, you know, coming up on almost not, not quite a year after the storm, still within a year, but but months later, um, and the damage was still uh, was still pretty pretty widespread and significant, and um, so it kind of surprised me. And then and then what also surprised me the more it was one of those things. The more you talk to people, the more you realize kind of how kind of deep the problems were uh, in the recovery. Um, on the surface, it was one thing, and you had you know houses that were still damaged and buildings damaged and boarded up. But as you talked more to people, you realize that, you know, there were all these problems with they were having with their insurance companies or or whatever, you know, all those kinds of things people go through in storm recoveries, but which were amplified because because it wasn't getting any attention anywhere. Um, so, yeah, it just felt like a, 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 a huge issue that was being ignored. I mean, that was kind of the um, my my impression. And, and, and the surprise for me came in. Look. What did you expect to cover versus what you saw? I I think I also didn't quite know what to expect when I came into the role, but I and I would say I had the same feeling that I think what surprised me was coming in, you know, two years after the storm, almost how much devastation there still was, how much destruction you could still see. And um, I think that was surprising but obviously I, I had the sort of fun and exciting role to also see, um, you know, some of the federal help finally arrive and make its way, you know, to people. So, um, which that had still not really been the case when Mike was here. So that was a little bit different about about my role. Um, but yeah, I think what surprised me the most coming there as a new reporter was to, to still to see how much there was still to do in terms of recovery. Well, with so much history and so much experience, but you came into Southwest Louisiana, how does this region compare to other regions or other countries you covered? What similarities or unique aspects do you see about this area? Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to compare it. I mean, in some ways there, there is like parts of it were similar to other places, but then there were parts of it that are completely unique, you know, like, the sort of the balance of trying to, you know, of of uh, attracting industry and petrochemical companies and that's and energy companies and that sort of thing, and the 
the financial and economic benefits they can bring in, in jobs, but at the same time balancing that with the environmental concerns and quality of life issues. You see that in lots of places. It might be amplified more, I think, in southwest Louisiana because of the, the degree of industrialization, maybe. Um, but that's, that's, a, that's, I guess, some of my experience. I've covered energy in a lot of different places, so that helped me in that sense. LNG build out in southwest Louisiana. I think I've covered LNG in in several countries now and and the kind of you know upsides and downsides of it. Um, so that was that that kind of helped me put that into some kind of context. But then you have to layer on top of that the kind of unique situation of Southwest Louisiana, which is you know the kind of unique history of it being this sort of, you know the the no man's land type place um, that 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 kind of developed on its own, and then kind of being overshadowed by you know New Orleans or Houston, for example, but having its own unique culture that grew out of all of that in a way which people don't really um, doesn't get much attention. So people aren't that aware of you know there's there's a kind of there there are elements of Creole and some Cajun, but Cajun combined with a lot of other aspects, you know, is almost almost the kind of Texas Cajun. It's, it's a kind of Texas meets Texas meets the Cajuns, almost kind of uh, Texans and Cajuns, um, which I, which I realized after some time being there, which was an interesting. It's an interesting thing. You don't see that much in Louisiana, I think, maybe at all. You know, I mean, Lafayette area is obviously known for its Cajun culture, but that feels like in Lake Charles, you get more of a kind of you get more of a sort of uh, I don't know, a, a sort of cowboy meets the Cajuns, you know, so and it's uh, and then you have the Zydeco trail rides and all that, which is a great part of the culture, too. Um, so. So, yeah, I mean, all of that I found was a great discovery for me and 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 sort of just emphasize the point of this. There's so much kind of worth uh, preserving and rescuing in that part of the state. Now, Elena, we don't really have like a, a German town here in Southwest Louisiana, but compared to where you've covered, and did you see any unique aspects? Like what stood out to you? Any similarities? Anything? Well, we've got Roberts Cove. Let's not forget about <laughs> <of> Roberts Cove. <laughs> okay. But I think the big difference for me as, or the sort of new discovery was I had mostly reported in sort of larger metropolitan areas. And while there are, those places have their unique own threats to sort of community and and people are being driven out of those communities as well in different ways, whether it be priced out or, you know, concerns about gentrification, that sort of thing. I had never reported on a place that where where nature was the, the driving factor and, and natural disasters were what, you know, what was threatening the way of life there. So that was a completely new landscape for me to report on. Um, at the same time, I think I, I very quickly discovered what uh, I, I think Mike also saw from our conversations and, and reading, you know, his work uh, is just the resilience of this community and an almost like defiant commitment <laughs> <laughs> to to staying there and preserving that way of life in southwest Louisiana. And I, I think that was um you know, that was really cool for me to see. And it was also a great motivation for the work that, you know, I, I had been or I have been doing for that year in this position. So, um, yeah, I think that was sort of the the discovery um, 
the primary discovery for me working in Southwest Louisiana. Great. (laughs) And you both covered all aspects, actually. I've read all your stories, all aspects of uh, Southwest Louisiana, but this is an economic podcast. So what stories or events really stood out to you with regard to the economy in our area? And housing infrastructure, they all tie into economics, so I guess you can choose one of those. But what stood out with you? What what are some of the stories you really remember? Or even a story maybe you couldn't finish. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would say um, kind of obviously the, the, the plants and the industrial, the industrial side of it get a lot of attention. But I think for me, the more interesting part of it and the part that is not only economic, but ties into the local culture and, and is so important um, for for the community is kind of the local local businesses and the way we started to gradually see some of those come back. And then some of the initiatives that are kind of slowly taking shape, who knows if they'll be successful in the end, but um, but that could, if they are successful, would, would I think really be a, uh, um, an important driver like I'm thinking of the uh, the Nellie Lutcher district and the part and the efforts to um, build that out. I think that's a it's got great potential. I you know I have no idea whether that's going to result in what the city hopes to see. But when you talk about North Lake Charles and kind of trying to find something to catalyze you know development there, um, I think that could be one of the one of the things that could do that. Um, and then you also have obviously the Port Wonder complex, which looks like it's it's finally beginning over there, which I think uh, has great potential. And this idea of, um, you know, um, pulling the people, the casinos are obviously an, uh, an important part of all of this. And so but the idea, I think, of getting people who go to the casinos to go to other parts of the city Uh, And not only at businesses that are kind of maybe national chains or something, you know, but but something with some local connection, I think is a great idea. And I think if following that logic um, could be could be has great potential for Lake Charles. I mean, uh, I I, I realize that's happening to some degree. Who knows if it can be successful? But I think some of those projects have the potential to to do that. Yeah, I'd like to second all of that, <laughs> but um, but the the last one of the last stories that I wrote was about Investors Day, um, and I think I think that is the the schedule for that day, the focus of that day. I think is a great example for how the city has sort of emerged from this initial focus of housing because the the last investors day the focus was on housing Um, and I think seeing that now the outreach to investors expands beyond that is sort of a sign of the city's recovery and of the city sort of trying to rebuild um, in more ways than just just housing so at that day, someone, uh, I, can't, I unfortunately can't remember who it was, but someone um, brought up, I think, a good point that might have come across a little cynical, but that I think is very true for Lake Charles is wherever there is large scale destruction, like the city has seen from the hurricanes, it is also an opportunity to rebuild and to create something new. And I think in my year of reporting there, I, I have seen those efforts. Uh, like Mike said, 
an expansion beyond what seemed like somewhat of a singular focus on casinos and petrochemicals to go beyond that and create different draws to the city for outsiders and also just a more diverse sort of economic per- portfolio for the city. And um, I think that'll be really, really interesting to watch. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that will be interesting to watch. And then one story that I won't necessarily be able to cover, um, but that I think and I hope um, maybe local media can keep an eye on is how the economic, the, the federal aid uh, on the economic side gets distributed. There are over $100 million um, in the restore program that are set aside for economic recovery and that because there was such a big understandably such a big focus on housing at first and getting people back into housing um, I don't think any of those funds have been expended yet to to the best of my knowledge so it'll be really interesting to see how that money gets spent um, so I hope someone will be following that since me and Mike won't be there to do it. <laughs> yeah we had Alberto on uh, last month to talk about that and it is a it's a lot of stuff to to you know keep track of so absolutely I agree with that um, so and uh, Dan real quick if I could just say I think the groundbreaking I think was when Elena was there but like the 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 developments like that HRI complex kind of on the edge of downtown, I think, is another good because um, housing, like you mentioned, is such a huge issue, you know, and really it's that's that's going to be key, I think, to to kind of driving any kind of growth, getting a workforce back. OK. And uh, final question. Um, so as we all learn and grow in our careers, we take things with us. So is there anything you learned or anything about covering this area that you think you'll take with you or how will it affect how you cover events in the future? How will your experience here sort of, you know, affect you in the future, I guess? Um, yeah, I mean, it, the, I, I would say those two main things. Uh, one was it was a reminder for me of the kind of impact, I guess, that um, coverage on these kinds of things can have. We get kind of maybe cynical sometimes and think that none of this has any effect on anything. And we kind of write these stories and they disappear in the ether somewhere and nobody ever sees them. But I think in this case, it did seem to have an impact on the attention brought on the city and kind of, you know, even all the way up to Washington, we hope it had some influence. I mean, there were, I'm not trying to say this was, you know, uh, I'm, I'm saying there was maybe some impact. I don't know how much, you know, but, but, um, you know, it, it, I think it, 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 it's an example of the power that, you know, if, if you really cover a subject, especially when it's not being covered, you can really kind of put it on the, put it on the map and, and, um, and kind of, um, you know, make people understand why it's important. Um, and then the, the other thing was was it was also a reminder of um, and Elena kind of touched on this is the um, the kind of, you know, the people in not just southwest Louisiana, but all of Louisiana and, and kind of how they continually come back from these storms and do things on their own and um, and are and are, uh, and are so kind of welcoming and and and. Uh, and and nice while doing it, you know. I mean, they'll they'll invite you into their house and and they're and they're ready to explain, you know, everything that's happened to them. And uh, that's one of the things that I really found, especially when I first arrived, was how willing and eager people were to tell their stories because I think I got the impression that 
it was they they too felt like this was just being completely ignored and 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 people needed to hear this so people were just kind of almost i i never experienced so much people almost literally thanking me for doing these stories which was a powerful thing as a reporter to hear because we often we we were often more used to being yelled at than uh, than being thanked <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That was that was my experience as well. Just how open people were to sharing their stories was uh, it, I mean, it might, made my life a lot easier. But it also um, it also was just a really great experience as a reporter. And um, I mean, for me, this was a this was a big learning curve. Uh, I had never lived in Louisiana before. I, I think I've driven through once <laughs> So I, I both learned a lot about Louisiana in this role and I learned a lot about, you know, the sort of the structures and the processes of, of hurricane recovery. And I think in a state that has experienced that so often, um, that is sort of an important an important thing to learn about as a reporter who is now hoping to stay here for a while. So um, so Southwest Louisiana and Lake Charles is really my entry point to Louisiana. And even though I'm in, in a new role now, you know, I didn't go very far. <laughs> Went about an hour and 15 minutes east. Um, and there's a reason for that, right? Like both as a as an individual and as a reporter, I just I immediately felt really comfortable and welcomed here, and I'm really excited to continue reporting on life in Louisiana. and um, And I think you know my experience in Lake Charles really laid the groundwork for that. So I'm I'm really thankful, honestly, to the community for allowing me to do my work there and for being so open open to that. Wow. Well, thank y'all so much for being on the podcast. And thanks for all the stories you wrote and the work you're continuing to do for the state of Louisiana, because we're all part of the same state, even though you're southeast and you're uh, now central or central south. And we're still over here in southwest Louisiana, but loved all the work you did. And thank you so much for everything. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. This show is presented by the H.C. Drew Center for Business and Economic Analysis at McNeese State University in partnership with the Southwest Louisiana Economic Development Alliance. You can find more information about our regional economy at www.mcneesedrewecon.org.